A Christmas Carol, The Rude Retelling, read by Brian Harvey. If you're offended easily, then this isn't the Christmas story for you. Part 3 The clock struck one. Scrooge sat up in bed in fear. He'd not slept since the ghost of Marley left him earlier that night. He listened as the clock ticked and tucked. He was sure it had gone a full day. A light flashed and lit up the whole room. The light had come from within the bedroom's walls. Are you the spirit of whose coming was foretold to me? Asked Scrooge, although not sure who to. The light dimmed and left a sole, childlike figure illuminated. The voice was soft and gentle as it replied, I am. Scrooge, almost fed up of the short, sharp answers from the ghost he'd been seeing, demanded, Who and what are you? I'm the ghost of Christmas past, of your past. Scrooge continued to ask questions, although knowing the answers. Why are you here? He quizzed the spirit. For you, for your welfare. Now walk with me. The spirit held out his hand and gestured towards the window. At the fucking window, thought Scrooge, but unsure if he was talking to a child. He tempered his words. I'm just a man. A man who will fall rather than fly. The childlike spirit gave a sassy eye roll as if to say, Do you think I'm stupid that I'd not considered this? He educated Scrooge. I know that, but a touch of my hand and you will be fine. Surely though, part of this spirit would not have been sad to see this fall fall. Yeah? As Scrooge grabbed the spirit's hand, they passed through the window and stood upon an open country road with fields on either side. The city and darkness had vanished. It was now a clear, cold winter day. Perhaps it was the shock or another ghostly skill, but Scrooge, in nothing more than his nightgown and robe, was not freezing to death. Instead, he saw images, which he instantly knew. Two kids ran past him, yelling to each other. That's Jack, he remarked as he tried to shout out to him, but the boy kept running. Perhaps, knowing the cunt he'd turn into, but no, they are just shadows of the things which have been, explained the spirit. For the first time in a long time, Scrooge felt a smile appear across his face. He'd forgotten what this felt like. The kids wished each other a Merry Christmas, just like the charity dicks in the shop. But why did this fill him with a warm feeling this time round? Soon, the school was deserted. Except one solitary child, said the spirit. Scrooge knew it, and he cried. One boy left behind, neglected. A boy Scrooge knew all too well. For those not keeping up, it was fucking Scrooge, yeah? Right? Stay with me. Poor boy, muttered Scrooge, as he began to cry once more. He began to think, maybe he shouldn't have been such a twat to the kids outside his own house last night. The spirit knew this, smiled and said, let us see another Christmas. The walls began to move. The kid grew older and the setting changed in front of Scrooge's eyes as if he were on some weird drug-induced trip. The door opened and the girl, younger than his former self, ran in to hug and kiss him. Dear, dear brother, she said, 
I have come to bring you home, to bring you home for good. Father is much kinder than he used to be. He spoke so gently to me one night when I was going to bed that I was not afraid to ask if you might come home. He said yes and sent me in a coach to bring you back. It will be the merriest Christmas together again. Scrooge turned to the spirit and begged to watch them leave. Let me be happy for a moment, he said. The spirit let him before saying, She died a woman and had, as I remember, a child. The same child who you were told to fuck off when invited to Christmas dinner. Scrooge shrugged it off and said, We all have childhoods, sadness and happiness, but then we grow to become men. As the spirit transformed the view once more, music started and Scrooge quickly exclaimed, I have no time for your Christmas nonsense, spirit. I have learned from you what you have shown me. They were in Scrooge's first workplace, Fezziwig's, where he was an apprentice. The clock struck seven, Fezziwig raised from his chair, rubbed his hands, adjusted his outfit, laughed and said, No more work tonight, boys. Christmas Eve. Let's have the shutters up and enjoy the night. Quite the contrast from Scrooge's words to his own assistant, Bob Cratchit. The workers cleared the room to make way for a great party, the Fezziwig Christmas Ball. Soon, the room began to fill. First the musician, then the rest of the Fezziwig family, and soon the place was busy with friends and colleagues. The party brought a smile to the old cold face of Scrooge. The memories of fun and friends his fellow apprentice, Dick, was by his side. Oh, how he missed Dick. He loved a bit of Dick, didn't he, Scrooge? Fucking loved it, the old boy. Mr and Mrs Fezziwig were the life of the party, cutting all sorts of shapes on the dance floor. Running man, all sorts of shit going on. Bogle, they were fucking having it, whilst others looked on in awe. I think they were pissed and drugged up. Scrooge stood with the spirit all night, watching and wishing he was there, reveling every moment. Soon, the night passed and it was just him and Dick left at the end, tidying and praising their boss for the night he'd put on. The spirit looked upon Scrooge and said, A small matter to make these silly folks so full of gratitude. Small, replied Scrooge, somewhat outraged. Spirit. He has the power to render us happy or unhappy. The happiness he gives is quite as great if it costs a fortune. Perhaps Scrooge was beginning to realise the true power of the world about fucking time. But before he could draw conclusions, for that would end the story too soon, the spirit interrupted. My time grows short. And within an instant, the party remnants were gone. And an older-looking Scrooge, now middle-aged, sat next to a fair young lady. The lady had tears in her eyes. It matters little to you, very little, she said, crying. Another idol has displaced me, and if it can cheer and comfort you in time to come, as I would have tried to do, I have no just cause to grieve. What idol has displayed you? The younger Scrooge replied. A golden one came the retort. 
The pursuit of wealth is to avoid the hardship of poverty, rationed Scrooge, as his elder self looked on in remorse. He did love her, but he was young and he had begun to make his way in the world. The wealth had changed him, in her eyes. She believed Scrooge would choose money over her, and it was that which forced her into running away. As she left, Scrooge watching on with the spirit tried to call out, but she could never hear. These are your mistakes, Scrooge. You cannot change them now, explained the spirit. Why do you torture me, spirit? cried Scrooge. Probably because you were cunt, but fine. Let's play along in ignorance, shall we? No more. Show me no more, he begged. But while the first haunting was at an end, the second spirit was close. <laughs>